So good. Well, we, we've been in this series that we've titled Level Up. We're talking about leveling up. Maybe it's starting to, to dig down deep into your spirit and you're thinking, okay, I keep hearing about level up, level up. Maybe I need to level up. That'd be great. That would be the prayer of our heart, that this would penetrate into your heart, into your spirit, and you would begin to identify your life and say, okay, how as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're not a follower of Jesus yet, and you're thinking, okay, how, how can I level up? Let me give you some definitions. We've been working through these. Level up means to go higher. To go to a higher level or standard. I don't know if you picked up one of these wristbands, but you should if you get a chance. You need one, Julio? I'll throw one to you. Okay, he's got his on. All right, I like it. Um, but if you need one, just go ahead and grab one as you exit. They're in, scattered in different places or at our new-to-walk tent. And it's been a good reminder. I've given a couple of these away. Um, it just says, go higher. Level up. The Lord wants to take you to a new season. God does not want you to be complacent. Don't get confused with contentment and complacent. Contentment means you're, you're content in the season that God has you in. You're able to enjoy it and worship and work and praise God through it. Complacent means you're just lazy. And you're just like, I'm not going to level up because I just want to stay at a low level. And God's saying, hey, be content, but don't be complacent. Level up. Amen. That's why we're here today. We're learning, we're leaning in, we're getting better together. I love this definition, to increase or improve something. To level up is to identify a specific area in your life that needs improvement. Maybe today you would say, you know what? God's got something in me that needs to go to the next level or to make a move in your life for the better. Just being here alone is already taking steps of leveling up. Yeah. It's a big deal to go to church to get into the house of God. I'll tell you what, the devil will try every scheme in the book just to make sure you don't enter into this room, amen? Anybody go through some warfare just to get here today? Good, I'm glad I'm not alone. But we made it, amen? Tell the person next to you, you made it, I made it, let's do this. Let's do this. We decided it would be, it would be good for our church as a body to level up in the DNA that make up Walk Church. So. This church is made up of specific values, mission, vision, who we are as a church. We talked about why we exist. Why does Walk Church exist? Well, holistically, we exist to make disciples. That's the call on every church, to be a disciple-making church, Matthew 28. Here's how we define disciple. Our mission is to free people to walk in Jesus. We define a disciple as somebody who has been set free by the gospel of Jesus. They've experienced freedom in Christ through faith in Christ. And freedom's good, but freedom with a purpose is even better. Freedom that leads to walking. I'm not just going to say, hey, my jail cell's open. I'm free, but I just really like it in here. I'm just going to stay imprisoned. No, no. You're free to then walk, free to take a step, but it's not just your own steps. It's free to walk in Jesus, Colossians 2.6. Someone asked me recently, where's the name Walk Church come from? It comes from Colossians 2.6. As you received Jesus, so walk in him. And so the same life Jesus lived then. He wants to live now through you. That's what we really believe. We want to help you take those steps of freedom in Christ. And I believe that you're created for it. You're made for it. That your ceiling is higher. That's why we want to help you level up. Level up in the mission. Now, our vision is when our mission actually happens. Our mission realized. What we want to see is our mission take place. Now, when we See, our mission take place, we're gonna see four things happen. How do you know when someone's set free to walk in Jesus? Here's the four. They know God, they find community, they discover their purpose, they make a difference. Now, what's so neat about these four 
is all four of these are found in the life of Jesus. Jesus. Hey, if you, when you're at church and you get asked a question, just go ahead and answer Jesus. You'll probably most times be right, all right? You know, shoot your shot. If you just go with Jesus, you might not get it right, but you'll be close, all right? Nobody knows God like Jesus. Jesus is God. But Jesus had this relationship with the Father and the Spirit that was so intimate and so personal. Jesus says, when you hear me speak, you hear the Father speak. When you, when you see me move, you see the Father move. I love Jesus, his scene when he gets baptized, because you see God the Father say, this is my son, I'm well pleased with, and the Spirit of God descends on Jesus. You see the triune God had all at work in one moment there. It's so powerful. Knowing God is part of the journey of being a Jesus follower. Not knowing about God. Don't see Jesus as somebody in your history book alongside Abraham Lincoln and Michael Jordan. Like we know the stats and facts about Jesus. Knowing about God is not enough to save you. You could know all types of stuff about Jesus historically and still miss him. Amen? You have to actually know him. Praise God that through faith you can get to know him. Through his word he'll reveal himself. Even through church you'll get, you're getting to know more about God through corporate worship together. Knowing God is so key. You're created to know God. Second, find community. Do you know who we see finding community in his life? You got it right again. Jesus. Jesus steps on the scene, right? He is in community. Jesus has every season of life that we find Jesus, we find him in community. He goes and finds it. Even at 12 years old, Jesus found a way to make it to the temple and hang out with the rabbis and teach the rabbis, and they were amazed that the 12 year old was teaching them. Jesus finds a way to get in community. He calls 12 disciples to walk with him. He has a VIP group of three that he does life with. He has another 70 plus that are sometimes around. Sometimes Jesus is hanging around 5,000 plus, right? But he finds community. Can't live the Christian life alone. Discover purpose. Do you know who had a very clear purpose? Man, y'all are good. Y'all are good today. Jesus had a very clear purpose. Jesus didn't just accidentally land on earth. Hmm, I wonder why I'm here. No, it's very purpose-driven. Here's why Jesus came. First John chapter three says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Praise God, amen. And Matthew 19 says, Jesus came, he says this, his own words. He says, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost, which is us if we don't know him, right? Jesus came on a rescue mission to seek you out and save your life. That's good news. He seeks and saves, right? He has purpose. And so because Jesus has purpose, you have purpose. God is an on-purpose God. God doesn't do things by accident. He always has a purpose. And so in creating you, he created you on purpose. Not only did he create you on purpose, he created you for a purpose. Last week we talked about the power of discovering your purpose, how everybody's created with a purpose, and we want to help you discover that purpose. We even gave you some different steps and some on-ramps to take in helping you discover your purpose. You can go back and watch that message, walkchurch.com, download the podcast app, Spotify, whatever that needs to be for you. But today we move into the fourth and final point of our disciple-making strategy. 
freeing people to walk in Jesus. Make a difference. Make a difference. Do you guys know who made a difference? Didn't he make a difference? I mean, we're still talking about Jesus today. Amen? 2,000 years later, I'm excited to celebrate his birthday next month. King Jesus changed the game. Amen? He made an eternal kingdom-sized difference with his 33 years of living on earth. Grew up in a small town, born in Bethlehem, grew up in Nazareth. What good could come out of Nazareth? The difference maker. Jesus can, right? Jesus brings people along with him. He sets people apart. He gives people passion and purpose and calling, and he saves people's lives from their sins and gives them a position, a seat in heaven with him. And in the meantime, while we're on earth, we're getting to know him, we're doing it together, we're discovering why we're here, and we're making a difference with what God has given us. Amen? That, that is the mission and vision of Walk Church. So one more time, recapping. This is the final one in this section. Why do we exist? Well, we exist to free people to walk in Jesus. Well, how do you know if someone's walking in Jesus? Well, they know God, they find community, they discover their purpose. They're making a difference. We want to see every person in our church, online, in person, walk in these four. Until you're walking in these four, you're not fully free. You may be fully saved, but fully free here on earth. We want you to be able to walk in all four of these. And we want to encourage you and help you do just that. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's eat. Father, as we get ready to eat from your word right now, as we talk about make a difference, I pray that something would come out of this sermon. It would unlock something in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, and we would leave here ready to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So when I think about this, I want to preach a message that I'm titling, Level Up Through Making a Difference. Level up through making a difference. Here it goes. So you might say today, hey, you know what? I know God. Me and God are super tight. I love Jesus. I even love people. I go to group. I am engaged in community. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, some people are, some, pe- some of my extroverts are like, I love that point, right? Find community. And I even know my purpose. I, 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 God has positioned me with this purpose You could do all three of those things and still miss the fourth part, which is to make a difference, right? You you could be doing those things. You could be getting to know God. You could be even fellowshipping in community and showing up. You could even know, okay, I know why I'm here. But until you actually live it out, until you actually take a step, until you say, okay, now God use me to make a difference, you may, you may be missing an element of freedom that the Lord has for you. And I want to talk to you today about the value and the power of making a difference. Let me give you a reality statement up on the screen, and I just hope it helps you. Um, let's go ahead and look at this statement up on the screen. Here it is. God created you to make a difference. Can we just all come into agreement with that? Like, I know God created you on purpose, Let me give you one of the purposes to make a difference. Like God created you that you would have a relationship with him, that you would know him, that you would walk in him. One of the other reasons why God created you, yes, you, is to make a difference. 
Did you know that you're a one of one? That there's nobody else who has the same DNA as you? Come on, even just tell the person next to you, say, hey friend, you're a one of one. There's nobody like you. Don't say it sarcastically. Online, there's nobody like, I want you to hear that. I want you to catch that today. Like God has made you to make a difference. There, like he's placed you on earth in Vegas for such a time as this to do something that would not happen unless you did it. I mean, this is a big deal. You are created to make a difference. That, that's the first point of this sermon here. Like, I want you to know that God created you to make a difference. You're created to make a difference. When it comes to make a difference, this is one of the reasons why you're even created. God had a plan in place. Before you even were alive, God was thinking, okay, I want to accomplish something on earth, and I'm going to make you. I'm going to form and create you in your mother's womb, and I'm going to do this thing. And I want to encourage you. God created you to make a difference. And until you start making this difference with your life, changing things, impacting things, you might not be walking in the fullness of freedom that Christ has for you. Or you may be missing your calling. I, I heard this survey that was given several years ago to a group of people that were in the later part of their lives. So there was a survey that was placed before people in the last chapter of their lives. They were given probably three to four years left to live, if that. So maybe even it was a few months. It was people that were on the end of their journey. And here was the question that was submitted to them. If you could go back and you could change anything, what would you do differently? Everybody was given, that took, that took this poll, everybody was given this one question. That was it. And the results were staggering. The results came back in, and the overwhelming majority of the results said the exact same thing. These people who took this survey wrote down, I wish I would have made a difference. That there's something in them when they look back at the end of their lives that they, they go to this gap that says, man, I really wish I would have did something that lasted. I would have did something that made a difference. I would have changed or impact. I wouldn't have just lived for myself and my own pleasures and my own fleeting desires because those things aren't there anymore. I wish I would have made a difference. Can I just tell you today that, that that's a longing in your heart because God created you to make a difference? You are made in the image of God. Did you know that? Like, I had to realize this the hard way. I had to realize because I put my value and my identity in sports for a long time. I think I thought I was made in the image of a basketball. But then I looked in the mirror and I wasn't in an orange round shape with little dots all over me. If, if I was created in the image of basketball, I would need to do basketball in order to be, have a, make a difference. But then I realized, oh, I'm actually created in the image of God and the likeness of God. And so until I'm starting to walk with God, I'll never fully know my purpose. And then I won't make a difference. 
You're created in the image of God, so there's something in your wiring. What's under the hood in your life says this. Make a difference. It's, it's, it's in you. God, God placed it in you. He created you to make a difference. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, lives inside every believer in Jesus. Did you know that? If you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Did you know the Holy Spirit's a difference maker? So I'll tell you what, if you don't want to make a difference, do not become a believer. Don't do it. Because he's going to make a difference through you. Like you're going to wake up and the Holy Spirit's going to be like, wake up, I want to make a difference. Let me show you this verse out of John chapter 14. John 14 says it like this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Right? So what happens here? You see Jesus. He's been leading the disciples for three years now. They're very tight-knit. Peter says, Jesus, you can't leave because we're not going to know what to do. Jesus, if you leave, what, how are we ever going to make a difference? What does Jesus say? You know, when he drops a truly, truly, we should listen, amen? amen? Like, this is double true, whatever that means. He says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. How about that? The works that Jesus did then, he wants to do now? Through you! I think the problem is we start to hear messages like this, and we start to think, yeah, I think he's talking about Pastor Mike. Yeah, like, you know, husbands are like, yeah, I think this is a good message for my wife. <laughs> Wives are like, I think this is the one for my husband, yeah. Singles are like, oh, this is gonna be the one for my future spouse. I hope they hear this, right? This is for you. I say to, everybody say this. Everybody, I say to you. you. Whoever believes in Jesus will also do the works that I do. You gotta ask yourself this question. Am I doing, am I doing it? Like when I read Jesus, do I just say, man, Jesus was doing some stuff. I wish I could do that. You can. You should. The things that Jesus did then, he actually said you would do now. The Spirit of God wants to take the things that he was doing then. He wants to do them now through his church. He wants to do them at an even greater scale. Like Jesus wants to level up what he was doing in the Bible days and he wants to do them now. Greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Jesus, I'm gonna to go to the Father. I'm gonna dispatch the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna tag him into the game and the Holy Spirit is then gonna tag you. He's gonna work through you to do it. But it's not gonna happen if you just say, man, I'm a great church goer. Like my church attendance is like 98%. I never miss, I never miss. I even go to group, I never miss. And then that, I never do anything about, like I never run the plays. We huddle up, <laughs> Pastor H gives us some good plays. I never run them, but I just come back each week and I get a new, <laughs> you gotta make a difference. Th this message is only gonna work if you make a difference. If you say, okay, Jesus is in me and I'm gonna allow him to make a difference through me is the calling on our lives. I, I, I not only believe that you were created to make a difference, 
But hear me on this second point. You want to make a difference. Amen? You want to. I believe that it's I believe that it's in you, that there's a working in you that desires to do something. There's this created longing in you that God has, it's this gap, this gap in your heart that you couldn't put enough stuff in that gap to, to be fulfilled until you start making a difference. I, I heard this testimony. It's become one of my favorite stories, and it's been a convicting story in my life. Like I said, I, I love sports ministry. I love combining sports with Jesus. I feel like in those lanes, that's my best lane. Um, one of my favorite sports athletes is uh, Pete Maravich. I don't know if you've ever heard of Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich was an NBA basketball player who played in the 70s and, and earlier than that. And he, he's known as the Steph Curry of that time, all right? Pete Maravich was the first one to throw the no-look passes. He had crazy handles. He's just, he's a basketball goat. He's a basketball goat. We know that Michael Jordan is the basketball. All right, keep going. All right, sorry, my bad. Don't cut me off. Just stay with me. But, but Pete is, is an amazing basketball player. Pete Maravich's testimony is very interesting, especially as a sports fan. Pete got to the place in his 30s where he felt like he honestly mastered basketball. Like he did an interview when he retired and they said, Pete Maravich, you got tons of years left to play the game. Why are you retiring? And Pete said, I've like completed it. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I'm the best. Like, I, I've checked that one off my list. I'm not even getting joy from playing ball anymore because I feel like I've mastered the game. So I gotta go do something else. That's a crazy thought. I mean, not many people can say that. Pete said that, so then he went on this journey. He went on this pilgrimage to try to discover his purpose and make a difference. So he started out and he said, okay, basketball's not doing it for me anymore. I feel like I've already got that. So let me go on this spiritual journey. Maybe it's, I'm a spiritual being. And so he began to get really into meditating and he began to to tap into like the universe and like maybe I'm one with the earth and the energy and he began to have these long periods by himself and meditation. He, he began, to, he, he tried to become a monk where he would go off on these journeys and figure out life. Then he realized, what am I doing? <laughs> this isn't it. So he cut off all of his universe, uh, one with the earth stuff and he said, this is not for me. I'm not doing this anymore. I know, I gotta change my diet. Pete Maravich then said, okay, I'm gonna become completely vegan. I'm going with only green foods. I'm changing everything about my diet. And he does that. He goes vegan for a season and he comes to this reality. This ain't it. No shade to the vegan vegetarians in the room. I'm not shading that lifestyle. I'm just telling you Pete's story, okay? He said, changing my diet didn't fulfill me. I got a lot skinnier and in better shape, but... It wasn't the thing that was, I, I felt like I was still missing something. He tried other things along his journey, and then he finally was invited by a campus ministry called Crusade to hear about Jesus. And he shows up, and he hears the gospel message, and he gets to know Jesus in a very personal way, and he realizes, 
He's the one I've been missing all along. And Pete Maravich, in the later part of his 30s, receives Jesus as the Lord and Savior of his life. And he says, I'm going to give the rest of my life toward making God known amongst every person I get in contact with. I want to give him the glory and I want him to use my story to motivate and encourage and, and minister to the world. Pete Maravich then joined Billy Graham on his traveling crusade. So before Billy would preach these messages to hundreds of thousands, Pete Maravich would open it up and talk about, yeah, I know I'm the basketball player guy. But let me tell you about Jesus. I love this quote from Pete Maravich. I'll put it on the screen. I want to be remembered as a Christian, a person that serves him to the utmost, not as a basketball player. We, we're not taken away from what Pete did on the court because he was an awesome athlete and we love athletes. But friend, God wants to do so much more than that. Pete Maravich's story is very unique because he didn't know this, but in his early 40s, he had just been a Christian for a few years. He had a very sudden heart attack and passed away. And the thing that I'm moved by when it comes to Pete's story is that for the last couple years of his life, he made a difference. Friend, listen to me. You, 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 you never know. You don't know how much time you have. You, tomorrow is not promised, right? Jesus says, today has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? Don't, don't put your hope and your difference-making journey, don't say, I'll do that later. Start now. Right? I, I'm so grateful for my brother George's story. I, I, I was just was watching you pray earlier, and I'm just, you didn't know that day where you had a car accident that led to you being in the hospital for a year and having both your legs amputated, that that was going to happen. But I'm so grateful that upon your return from the hospital, you said, I'm going to make a difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're leading. George spoke at a Christian Businessmen's Network lunch this past week. He was leading. We had one of our best youth services Thursday night. Students are coming to know Jesus. They're opening up. They're talking about, how can I make a difference? But, brother, I'm grateful that you said yes. Right? Like, I think there's something in us that unleashes when we say, okay, I'm not just going to play church. I'm going to be the church. I'm going to take the church into my job, into the locker room, into my school, into my home, into my life. I'm going to make a difference. If, if all I have is one more day, I'm going to make a difference. And, and I, I want to, I'm excited to, I want to be a part of a difference-making church. Like, I want to get around you. Maybe it's that charge group. Or maybe it's, maybe it's around a coffee meeting, and let's just start asking, hey, how are you making a difference? Hey, shout out to the moms that are like, I mean, I'm making a difference with these toddlers, changing their different diapers every day, right? Maybe, it, maybe you're a teacher. You're making a difference. Or maybe you're a business leader, a realtor. Maybe you work in the political domain, or maybe you work in public relations or real estate, or maybe you set up every Friday night at this school and you lay down chairs so that you can come sit in them. That's making a difference, amen? 
Maybe you have the gift of giving. You say, you know what, I don't only, I, 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 I'm not only tithe to this church and give 10%. I give more than that because I want to make a difference with the money that God's given me to make a difference with. Did you know that the money that God's given you is not just so you can have more money? If God's giving you more money, he's giving it to you so you can give more. Like two or three amens on that. I like, yeah, like, I'm not amening that. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm just telling you because you can't outgive God. Like I've found that if you try to challenge God in your giving, like God, I'm about to outgive you. He'll outgive you. Praise God. And it takes faith. It, the, only, the only way to figure that out is by faith. Action-driven faith. Make a difference. Let me give you the third point. We're almost done. Third point is this. Your position to make a difference. I believe God created you to make a difference. I believe you have this internal desire to make a difference like Pete Maravich. Until you do, life won't make sense. But friend, I believe right here, right now, you're positioned to make a difference. It's not like, hey, you know what? If I go move to this place, then I'll start making a difference. No, you're positioned right now to make a difference. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need to make a difference. You're positioned for it. God has given you breath for it. God has given you vision for it. God has given you an opportunity for it. And can I just go ahead and say this? God expects you to do it. God is looking for you to do it. Not only do you want to make a difference, can I just say this? Jesus wants you to make a difference. Everything you have is his. And Jesus is saying, okay, are you going to take what I've given you and make a difference with it or not? If you're not going to take what God's given you and made a difference with it, give it to somebody else and let them make a difference with it. God wants to make a difference. I find that story in the Bible located in Matthew chapter 25. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew 25. We're going to look at a long text here, but we'll also put it on the screen. Toward the end of Jesus' earthly life, he shares a parable. A parable is a short story, oftentimes a fictional story that Jesus shares that has a spiritual principle attached to it. The spiritual principle in this parable is make a difference. If you're ready, say ready. ready. I want you to just read this and listen to it with me. Starting in verse 14, Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of God. The disciples are like, what's the kingdom of God about? What's it like? Jesus goes, listen to this. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. Everybody say five. five. To another two. Everybody say two. two. To another one. Everybody say one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. Verse 16. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more. 
saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. That's called multiplication. Verse 21, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Wow, what a moment. Verse verse 22, he also had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. Verse 23, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. You turn two into four, he says. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you had to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. He gave him the one talent back. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Come on, Jesus, the businessman, amen? So take the talent from him, give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and ganashing of teeth. Amen. What a challenging story. This parable always hits different in my life because I realized there that that Jesus is looking for us to take what he's given us. And the word talent there is really fitting, amen? The talents that God's given you, he's looking for you to make a difference with them. God's giving you talent, church. How are you making a difference with it? To the person who, who had five talents, right? High capacity leader, Jesus is saying, I want you to bring back five more. I want you to make a difference. I want you to invest it. I want you to make disciples. I want you to, I want you to use the five talents to go bigger. Level up, amen? amen? To the person who had been given two talents, look, hey, I don't got five, but I got two, and I'm gonna use these two. I'm gonna work what I have. I'm gonna, David said, I got five stones and a slingshot. That's more than enough, right? The person with two talents says, okay, I got two, I'm gonna make it four. I'm going to use what God has given me. You know what? When you work your gift, when you make a difference, you know what Jesus says? Well done. My good and faithful servant. Now, the person that had one, what he does is he says, you know what? I don't know. He starts to get in his head a little bit, you know? I don't know. if I I got one talent. I don't know if I should use it. Here's what I'll do. I'll just play it safe. I'll just, I'll just hide it. I'll put it, I'll tuck it away. I'll put it in a safe. And then when he comes back, I'll pull it out and I'll just present it back. Hey, here's your one. Hey, I was faithful. I was faithful. And Jesus goes, I was looking for you to be fruitful. I wanted you to take the one and make it two. I didn't give you your talent to be safe. I gave you your talent to make a difference. God wants you to 
take what he's given you and say, okay, how can I use this for the good of others and for the glory of God? Faith by itself will get you a ticket to heaven. Let me just go ahead and tell you that. Faith in Jesus is all you need to be saved. We, We don't add to the gospel. You can never say I earned any of it. It was all Jesus who died for you, who said it is finished and then gave you the gift of salvation if you would choose to believe it by faith. But what we do with it on earth, do, do we work it? Do we ever work our faith? Our faith has to have legs to it, amen? Like James, he's writing to the churches in his area. Here's what James says in James chapter two. We'll put it up here on the screen. He says, what, what good is it, walk church, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? The answer is yes. (laughs) If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needy for the body, what good is that? James is trying to move the church to level up. James is saying, look, I know you got faith, but make a difference. Your faith was given to you so that you could change the city. Change the domain, change your neighborhood, make a difference. He says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have works. You know how we like to do, we're competitive. Hey, I'm a big works guy. I like to get out there and use my hands. And then other person, well, I'm a big faith guy. I like to just pray. James like, that's not how it works. He says, show me your faith apart from your works. He says, I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe that God is one. And they shudder. Like, we're not even shuddering. Like, the demons are like, yeah, I believe all that too. I'm just working for the devil. (laughs) What are you, who are you working for? (laughs) The point is, I think we should be working. Not to earn our salvation. That's completed at the cross of Jesus Christ. Praise God, amen? Like, we don't, we don't work for that. We work from that. Because I'm saved, because God has been kind to me, because he's given me talents, because he's placed something in my life to be a difference maker, I'm gonna go make a difference. I know when I first became a believer, um, I, I said, okay, well, what talents do I have? I, I've been playing sports. I, I play basketball. Um, let me play basketball for the Lord. Let me imagine that he's in the stands, whether I'm in the game or out of the game, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hoop for Jesus, right? And then somebody said, hey, well, I'm going to go on a mission trip. I'm going to go to Columbia, South America. And I said, well, maybe I can make a difference by going on this mission trip to play basketball out in South America. I'm just following Jesus, amen? And I went out on this trip, and I still remember me and my uh, Americanized um, self. I packed a whole shoe bag, right, for the mission trip. I brought seven pairs of shoes. I know, I'm, I'm confessing, all right? My mom over here shaking her head, right? I brought seven pairs of shoes. Like, I'm on the mission trip, 
Like, man, I'm train change one up a day. You know, you never know. Hoop shoe, a restaurant shoe, you know, church shoe. You know, I got to have a lot of shoes, guys, right? Amen. Thank you for the amen. But I remember when we started, to, we were playing in different games. Some games we played outdoor, some games we played indoor. And I realized some of these people don't have shoes. Literally, playing in the basketball game with the jerseys on and everything, with straight socks. I had never seen that before. So I realized after the first game, I'm like, I just got these. <laughs> I'm going to make a difference. And so I remember I found somebody, and I said, man, I really want to bless you with these shoes. Mind you, I had other shoes I had walked to the game with. It wasn't even my basketball shoes. So I blessed this person with the shoes, and I realized, okay, every time we have a game, I'm giving a pair of shoes. I happened to bring enough. I gave out all seven of my shoes, and what was cool is I went to one of the Columbia stores, and I just bought a basic pair of shoes, and I realized that was when God started my shoe ministry. And I've, and I've had a personal shoe ministry ever since. It's just one of the ways that I'm making a difference. Not everybody needs to know about that. I'm just using that as an example of just saying, okay, I'm, while, I'm, while I'm getting to know God, while I'm finding community, I'm discovering my purpose. I'm going to start making a difference. You don't got to go zero to 100. You just got to go A to B, B to C. Zero to 10. Oh, man, I'm at level 10. I'm leveling up. Now I'm at level 15. Now I'm at level 20. My talents went from five to 10. I'm making a difference. But the person who goes, I just, I just actually took, Jesus gave me one talent. I ain't really good at much. I just got one and I just tucked it away. Hear the Lord saying to you today, you're lazy. The text, Matthew 25, he says, you wicked and slothful servant. Use your gift to serve. Make a difference. Level up. I, I, I just was noticing a young lady in our church, Carrie. Carrie got baptized a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that. But I, I just was honoring her because I just saw her. She was doing photography. So she, she was serving, and she was using one of our cameras to take pictures to highlight the weekend. Follow us on social. <laughs> Amen. Right? See some of awesome photography that... Some of our people are using to show off what God's doing here. But I love it how she just got baptized. She said, I'm ready to start making a difference. I didn't know she had a photography background. And she said, I'm going to use my gifts. I always find it bizarre when people are like, hey, like, they have been coming to Walk Church for two years. They're like, hey, did you know I sing? No, how would I know that? Yeah, I sing. I think I'm going to join the worship team. Yes, you should. You've been going here for a while. Like, you should make a difference. Hey, did you know that, you know, like, I, I really am great with, like, setup and teardown stuff. I'm like, man, well, we needed you six months ago. Get in the game. Make a difference. I love, you know, my point is this. This room, this room is loaded with talent. More talent than you even realize. This, this, just this room. Nine o'clock was loaded, too. If everybody decides to start making a difference with what God has given them for the glory of God, oh, man, this is a powerful church. Yeah. We're going to see it grow. And not only are we going to see it grow, you're going to grow. You're going to level up as you make a difference for Jesus. Not because you have to, because you get to. Not just because you get to, 
but because Jesus wants to through you. Like, it's hard to contain Jesus, amen? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm stepping away. Worship team, let's get ready to close. Read, the, read your Bibles. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, watch Jesus. Watch him. He's moving and he's shaking. He's healing people. He's touching people. He's speaking the truth to people. He's sharing parables. He's teaching the word. He's encouraging others. He's with the broken. He's with the sinners. He's with the Pharisees. It's hard to contain him, amen? You can't. Now, what do you think he's gonna do through you? He's gonna do some stuff, amen? He's gonna do some stuff. I can't even give you all the answers. I can't even tell you all that God wants to do with your life. I just wanna be a part of it. I just wanna be... I, Pastor Mike, man, when you were working in the restaurant industry, one of the top servers in the city, the top servants, God was using you to make a difference in the restaurant industry. I love when you bring fellow restaurant people. Now you know, want to go to a restaurant? Better ask Mike about who to, who to go to because he's built so much credibility in the city, right? I, I, I love that. Melissa and Tim Deep. Yes. I love your guys' story. They were in the Bay Area two years ago. Working, serving, making a living, starting a family. And then Jesus says, I want to move to Las Vegas. And I love how you guys didn't ask why. Maybe you did, but that's okay. You just said, all right, let's move to Las Vegas. What brought you out here? Jesus. I'm walking in him. I'm making a difference. They didn't know that we were waiting for them. I had to show up. Right? I had to show up. I'm grateful that my brother Danny started playing the drums at an early age. You didn't know that you would be here playing the drums with us, man. Praise the Lord. So much cool stories. I'm so grateful for how you are making a difference. I want to honor my sister Sarah right here, who has been a faithful youth leader, server. But, man, you got a legit babysitting ministry popping. I mean, you are an incredible... But you're not just a babysitter, you're a baby discipler, right? Like, come on, that's a powerful, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. Everybody's called to make a difference. And I just wanna pray that we can help you figure out what yours is, and let's just do it together, amen? Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for this time today. I thank you for this church family. I thank you that a a, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. God, we're better together. God, there's so much power in the room. And God, you are worthy, amen? The worthiness of God. God, you're worthy to take five talents and make them 10. You're worthy to step out on faith and try things. You're worthy to risk it all. You're you're worthy of all of our surrender. God, we wanna make a difference. God, you would maybe even call people out of this room to go take the gospel to the nations, to plant churches, to be a charge group leader, to to serve in the kids' ministry, to to level up, God. I don't know. It's going to be big. I don't know what it all is for you. But Holy Spirit, I pray you'd make it clear. And if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus, today if you're here and you don't know the Lord as your Savior right now, Right now, don't wait. Call on his name. Just say, Jesus, I'm ready. Save me. Heal me. Free me. Place your Holy Spirit in me. 
make a difference through me. Come on, everybody, right now, just pray this prayer with me right now. If you'd be open to it, just say, Jesus, I wanna make a difference. Show me where, show me how, show me who. Help me to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.